This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, front and center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. What is up, Rotoviz family? Welcome back to the On The Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On The Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito FF. And, of course, my fellow co-host at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins as well. We're here to take you game by game through the main slate for week nine. Guys, uh, as I look back on my Sunday, it was pretty brutal. Um, First of all, I had to move my daughter out of her apartment in Manhattan this weekend on Sunday morning. And I thought that I would be done by noon. And uh, I was done around that two, work out. I was done around 2.30, <laughs> drive back to Long Island an hour, shower. And I was in front of the TV for the 4 o'clock game. So 1 o'clock games completely uh, didn't get to see much at all. But you know what? It, it, it was by far my absolute worst lineups of the season. So I, I was kind of glad not to have to watch it now. Matt, I know that you tagged TJ and I in a tweet about how you were going to stack a Kansas City uh, lineup, and I don't know what you did. I don't know what your results were, but if you did, I'm sure you had some success. So did you end up going with the the game I thought we should stay away from? Yeah, I did. uh, I did Mahomes, Bell, and Kelsey, so – Two out of three ain't bad. It ended up it ended up being a good uh, a good lineup. I think it ended up. Uh, I had a little couple of little sweats, and then uh, it ended up being like a like a three x week. I swept cash, uh, so it ended up being a pretty pretty solid week. Um, I just didn't play a lot of volume last week because I, I wasn't really that like thrilled about the slate, which of course. Every time I do that, I do well, and every time I think I have it <laughs> nailed down, I end up, you know, getting my dick kicked in. So, 
uh, gonna have to work on on that uh, perspective, I guess. But other than that, uh, it was a pretty solid week, um, and I let my dumb brain talk myself into the the Chiefs, so that that made me feel good. If I, if I did that and it didn't work out after saying that on the show last week, I would have been pretty pissed. <laughs> uh, TJ, what about what about your week? Me tweeted it. I'm I'm really glad you followed up on it. I mean, it, it turned out perfectly. Miko had a week even, so yeah, that was uh that was good to see. Uh, I, on the other hand, did not do well. I, you know, <laughs> me, me and Deontay, we go hand in just, hand. As he just just can't out. could not run any any uh, any worse <laughs> with that guy. <laughs> I mean, that, that's it. So you know, I'm just dying on a limb there. But you know, I also played a good chunk of Galladay, man so that was that was kind of brutal and uh i i was committed to aj green and i played him as my most used bangle receiver uh t got there green didn't yeah running backs were fine defense was fine wide receivers just buried me yeah it was it was a rough week tj i slid uh aj green into a couple lineups and uh i also had some Galladay. um i i looked at i, I might have picked the worst possible lineup like I was looking at I'm like I don't think I could have put worse players in a position <laughs> to form a score that didn't hit triple digits <laughs> if I cash lineup this week I was just like people must have saw me that challenged me in head to head so it was just like oh <laughs> look at this clown show <laughs> thank god my actual name is not part of my <laughs> my DraftKings handle <laughs> <laughs> well guys that's the beauty of of da- daily fantasy sports we get a shot to get back at it every week and put that behind us. So, listen, a, a ton of COVID this week all abound. Uh, luckily, the Thursday night game the Thursday night game might end up on the main slate at some point, now that I think about it, if it gets canceled. <laughs> and uh, so we just might be seeing those players. But the Thursday game is a mess, and there are just numerous players across different teams, both defense and offense, that are going to affect DFS this weekend. Uh, but let's jump in with the first one we got. That is the Chicago Bears facing off against the Tennessee Titans with a, a total of 46.5. The Titans are on a two-game losing streak uh, two weeks ago leading into the game against Pittsburgh. I, I had asked on this podcast, hey, are they the best team in the NFL right now? And maybe it was me that jinxed them, but they have not played entirely great. And they're just not playing well on defense, which while I don't know that we love – the Bears' offense, it hasn't been great lately. There are some good matchups, I think, for the Bears in this game. But uh, well, you know what? Let's just jump right into the Bears then, just since we're starting that side. Uh, TJ, Allen Robinson coming in at $6,900. So we have a sub-$7,000 uh, wide receiver one. It's going against the 30th-ranked wide receiver defense. Uh, um, you know, He got back to a 20-plus game after a couple of low outputs uh, with a 687 for one. Is Allen Robinson a guy against this not-so-great Tennessee defense, a guy you're looking to get into lineups this week? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he's certainly a guy you're going to play. Uh, there's always a receiver that hits against Tennessee every single week. Uh, A-Rob is the best bet. Uh, but, you know, he's not the only one in play. Uh, Darnell Mooney, we talked about him last week. He's truly emerging as a viable option as well. Uh, his price is actually far more attractive at 3900 Either one could hit. There's not like a, there's not an individual matchup against the Titans that, you know, funnel something elsewhere. Just a, a, every single one of them can hit there. So yeah. uh, A-Rob is in play and Mooney is in play. Uh, what about you, Matt? 
Yeah, I mean the if I just keep if I just kept pounding the table for Mooney, it had to it had to work eventually. <laughs> uh, it finally did last week. I actually played him in cash. Um, he's he's had at least five targets in uh, each of the past six games. Like he's uh, crawling up into the top twelve in air yards. Um, it's uh, like obviously Robinson is going to see a huge share of the targets there, and and. I would never, I would never talk anybody out of playing Allen Robinson, but I think Mooney, uh, even if you're only building a few lineups, uh, could could provide some salary saving uh, that will make your lineup make you feel a lot better about your lineup. I think 3,900 is like an extremely ridiculous price for his workload right now. Yeah, and he, he had, had some 50- ownership leverage there last week against Mims, huh? With Mooney. Yeah, yeah, and we said. <laughs> We, uh, I actually played, uh, actually played both of them in cash. So that was, that Ooh, was interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's how Mahomes gets in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to stack those, those chiefs, you're going to have to find creative ways to get them in there. Um, listen, Miller, he did not practice today with a toe issue on Wednesday. That is surprisingly, he saw 11 targets in that game last week and he did catch eight for 73. So maybe we're starting to see, uh, a more spread spread out usage of the three wide receivers. Uh, Jimmy Graham is banged up, so that could be the reason why we're seeing Miller play more slot work with them not having as many tight end options on the field. Uh, I don't think either one of you guys are interested in, in Montgomery because regardless of matchup, regardless of you know decent value, he got 26 touches last week, or at least 21 carries and five targets, and the numbers just don't produce. They're not there. So he's a guy I don't think – Gets the juices flowing at all. Um, if you don't interrupt me, I'm going to assume that that's true, and I'll move over to the Tennessee Titans. Up, oh, <laughs> TJ's off a of mute. Slight interruption. Just slight <laughs> interruption. You know, it looks a lot different with one touchdown on those touches. You know, and I, I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily his fault, partially his fault, but you know, it just, it just the optics are quite different just scoring once. So, yeah, I wouldn't completely rule him out because of that. He like. I agree with you there. He does, you know, he's reasonably priced at 5,700 for a guy who's getting that type of volume. So look twice. Uh, Tannehill at $6,300. He's kind of the last two weeks been the guy you don't want to pay up for. And I know $6,300 doesn't seem like a pay up, but there are other guys in that price range that have a better path to points than him. Uh, Derrick Henry has a Derrick Henry's type of game, you know, 112 touchdown, puts up, uh, you know, a decent day. He's up at $7,900. AJ Brown didn't see a lot of work. Uh, four for 24 and one. He got that touchdown to make the day look better. He's at $6,600. But I have to bring up Corey Davis. I have to because Corey Davis at $5,100 saw 10 targets. He pulled it eight for 128 and one and uh, had 29.8 points. And he's just hanging around a little bit more this year than he has in past years, Matt. T- tell me if Corey Davis, you know, at that price would fit into a, a cash lineup for you. I mean, if I'm playing Corey Davis in cash, please just shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm not, I don't really, I don't think his ownership is, is going to be much of anything. Um, so it's not even like you have to, consider it as like a as like a block play in cash um his his workload is obviously uh attractive but i just feel like um 
I don't I don't know if I can wrap my head around it. Maybe TJ can talk me into it. <laughs> Let me take that a step farther. If I'm playing Corey Davis in tournaments, just shoot me. <laughs> All right, so let's bounce off of Corey, Corey Davis to a guy, another guy you haven't been huge on this year, TJ, and that's Janu Smith. He's dropped below 4,000 this week. It is a good matchup uh, against the 24th-ranked tight end defense. He has not seen a lot of targets since uh, coming back from the, the injury two weeks ago. Uh, is, but he did start off the year after four games as a top three tight end. So we know that he can be used in this offense – to that ability, it, does he start to become attractive to you at thirty nine hundred dollars? He doesn't, honestly. Uh, he's a guy reliant on scripted plays for him, uh, low A dot guy. Not necessarily. A, I, I believe I've watched every Titan snap this year, at least on rewind. And if I recall, he has one end zone target. Uh, I could be off there, but he's just not a guy I'm excited to play. Like. Uh, especially considering uh, the Colts use a guy like Trey Burton uh, even cheaper, and he kind of gets those scoring opportunities that Jonu Smith just doesn't get. Are you on him at all, Matt? No, no. I I completely agree. I think uh, just tight end-wise, like you said, Burton is cheaper uh, and, and probably has uh, a better, like, floor-ceiling combination. And even, like, I mean, if you're going to play a guy who's going to see, like, one or two targets most weeks, like, you could just play Irv at 2,900 and save save some money if you're just going, like, complete punt. Um, you know, I, I I like Janu in general, and I liked him coming into the year, but it just doesn't seem like it's, uh, like it's working out for him. Plus, you get the Burton Wildcat. We all love a little Burton Wildcat. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, before we move on, Before we move on from this game, is there anybody that I did not cover uh, that we want to hit? I don't think so either. All right, so we're going to move along to, uh, boy, this talk about COVID. We got the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. This is a 52 total. Uh, That'll probably drop, I think, before the game kicks off because Matt Stafford was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Wednesday He's considered a high-risk contact, so he needs to clear uh, testing for five consecutive days in order to play in that game, which means he's not going to practice leading up to that if he does get cleared for that day. Now, listen, this is a veteran who's played in that offense and have played with most of these weapons long enough where he's okay, but Kenny Galladay's out more than likely. He's doubtful with a hip injury. So where we were coming into a matchup for – the Lions that really looked nice. Like I, I was really liking the prospects of Marvin Jones, some of those deeper plays here. So Matt, with Stafford more than likely out or a last second, you know, clearance to play, are we staying away from guys like Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall, which would could have been a, maybe a nice tricky play. He had a decent week last week. It seems to seem to have been playing better when Galladay was out earlier in the year. Because they're, they're cheap and they're reasonable. They're going against the 29th-ranked wide receiver defense. But overall, are you just staring clear of Detroit this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really – I can't muster up the energy to be uh, to be excited about, like, a Chase Daniel-led uh, offense or, uh, you know, these poor guys have to practice with Chase Daniel all week and then maybe they get, like, a 
a no practice Stafford coming back. <laughs> I, I just like, I feel like there's there's quite a few spots uh, on the slate that I really do want to prioritize. And this, I, I just feel like we'll probably fall to the wayside, whether Stafford comes back or not. Um, what about you, TJ? I, th- the good news for, for tournament wise would probably be that they're, all these guys are going to see super low ownership because of this situation. But I don't know if you're willing to uh, roll the dice there. <clears throat> I, I'm not sure I want to play Detroit quarterback in any way, shape or form, but uh, it would appear that, that Hall is the direct backup to Galladay, and he's the guy that might carry that same role into this week. And at that price, especially with the plethora of high-priced, super-attractive options we had this week, he's certainly a guy I'm going to look into uh, as this week progresses. Yeah, we might see Quintez Cephas active again for the first time since Galladay came back also, who did see some downfield work when Galladay was out. Early in the year, um, I don't think any of us – go ahead, TJ. I don't know. Just I, I have a hard time. I mean, I love Cephas. I I have a ton of dynasty exposure. It's yeah. just hard to believe a guy's going to go from inactive to, you know, volume role of any sort. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still expect the Hall to be the, the guy over him. Just just adding that he'll probably be involved in this game in some way. whether Not, not in a big way, but in some way. Uh, I don't think anybody's excited over uh, DeAndre Swift, who had six carries for one yard. We, I understand he was getting a lot of targets, but not great. even the <laughs> targets uh, were not great this past week. So, yeah, I, I think for me personally, the only guy I would even consider for me to be comfortable with would be Hawkinson, and I don't think I want to pay $5,100 for tight end. I will say that after three straight weeks of having three uh, having a touchdown, in each game, he did not see the end zone, but he saw 10 targets and pulled in seven for 65. So he's a guy who's going to probably see a little bit more of an uptick with Galladay out of the lineup this week. But again, we've already spoken about cheaper, more reasonable options on the other side. And the shame of it is, um, I think Minnesota, who shocked everybody coming out and beating Green Bay last week, I think that they had some nice options in this game as well, but I don't know if Detroit's going to keep up with them where they're going to need to throw. So Matt, is it Dalvin Cook at $8,200 coming off a 51.6 point week? You just throw him in your cash lineup and, and move on and just figure out the rest? I mean, that was so tilting. Like, I, I, I didn't even, like, for a moment consider being like, you know what? I really, I really got to get, uh, Cook into my lineups. Like, my, my week, uh, uh, we could have been uh, the three of us could have been sipping my ties somewhere on an island uh, doing this show if I would have played some Dalvin Cook last week. Um, yeah, I mean you you obviously have to have to consider uh, him in in any format. I think he's probably going to be, uh, I would guess, definitely the highest owned running back uh, and maybe the highest owned like anything uh, this week. With maybe a couple guys kind of close to him, like your uh, there's a couple other chalk options we'll talk about, but yeah, I mean you you have to you'd have to consider him. They they brought him right back and gave him everything that uh, you would you would have expected them, and he came out clean health wise. So, uh, what about you, TJ? How are you how are you handling him in in tournaments with that ownership? <clears throat> that last part, man, smash, come out healthy. Uh, rinse, repeat, get get somehow an even sweeter matchup. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's perfect. It, the setup is perfect. So, of course, it's going to fail, but uh, he'll <laughs> be my most own running back. <laughs> Under any circumstance, like, this is kind of an ownership be damned uh, spot where I, I just don't think you can be without him. Uh, and he will be my most owned back without question. Yeah, currently the worst running back defense in in, uh, in fantasy on a weekly basis in Detroit. So it's a smash matchup. Uh, listen, Thielen and Jefferson, to be expected on a week where somebody has the game that Dalvin Cook has, they both, you know, crapped the bed. A 5.7 out of Thielen and a 5.6 out of Jefferson. Um, again, I, I would love it if uh, Matthew Stafford was healthy and Detroit was going to be able to put up points for them in a chase. But um, – before we get out of here, are either one of those guys going to make it into lineups for you guys this week, Thielen and Jefferson? DJ, go ahead now. I'm just listening to um, the wind. I, honestly, if, if yeah, if you want to just really go out on a limb and uh, go no ownership, uh, play Cousins double stack with those two with Swift. <laughs> Listen, so, you mean, will. You'll have to stuff. Two yeah. things you're going to get. You're going to get low ownership, and you're going to get the totals mm-hmm. that I had last week in my lineups, <laughs> which, which did not win anybody anything. <laughs> if I was in a contest for fewest points, I probably would have taken the, the prize last week. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move over to the New York Giants and the Washington football team. This we is a uh, – we, we do. And I got to tell you, with a pathetic total of 41, but Matt, let's just – listen, you've insulted the Giants a lot this year, and mostly rightfully so. Yeah. But I, I have to be honest with you, aside from like, the game against the 49ers, they have not gotten blown out by anybody. So my, <laughs> my point is their defense. So coming into the year, I think that we all thought, hey, this, they've got some good parts on the offense and they'll probably score and keep up with people, but the defense can't stop anybody. How surprised at you are you at how well the defense has actually played and not gotten the support of the offense? I mean – if I wasn't really betting uh, much of anything on on one Daniel Jones, so uh, I was not expecting the offense to really hum. Uh, yeah, look, like wonderful. They're like playing, they're playing close games um, and losing. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, what are they one and seven now? And they really realistically shouldn't have even tried to win that one game. Um, yeah, I mean they're. They're playing inspired Joe Judge football. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, what do you – I don't know. Like, Man, Terry McLaurin. It's actually Belichick football now, too, isn't it? Is that also yeah. Belichick football now? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So, Belichick has hey, – listen, Belichick has, uh, Belichick has twice the wins as the Giants right now. So, oh, watch man. out. All right. <laughs> the mentor is still ahead. <laughs> um, listen. I yeah, no, Terry McLaurin is going to score, like, 45 DraftKings points uh, <laughs> this week. That's that's my favorite play in this game. And I don't really think uh, that I will have much of of anything else uh, as far as this is concerned. Maybe, maybe I talk myself on Sunday morning into uh, a, a Gibson share or two, but that's probably, uh, that's probably about it for me. Listen, he had the big game before the bye week, Gibson. He's, he saw his first 20-carry game. He had a 40-yard run, a touchdown. Uh, the Giants have been better against the pass than a run this year when it comes to that defense. So I do see a, a path to a good game for Gibson at $5,800. Uh, 
Uh, McKissick took the step back when that happened, uh, had his worst game in his previous, you know, four totals. So it looks like Gibson is starting to take the control of that. And they're they're coming out of bye week, so there might have been some stuff put in for him. So I don't think it's a bad play. The other guy on the Washington side, you know, Matt, I know I played him a ton early in the year, and he kept kicking me in the ding-ding, and it probably did it to you. But back-to-back games uh, for Logan Thomas with touchdowns before the bye week and at $3,700 does come in again as a very reasonable tight end play. Um, I, I went back to him. After he didn't score in that, after he scored in that game, not having him, I did go back to him right before the bye week. I have a feeling Logan Thomas will find his way to my lineups. TJ, what do you see on the Washington football side? Um, I I mean, I, Thomas, <clears throat> excuse me, Thomas isn't like a putrid play. But I, I don't think he's going to make the cut into into a build of mine. <laughs> the TJ seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean I can't get excited for it, you know. But I, I also can't say that's trash. No way. I just like, I think it's just outside the bubble. But uh, on the Washington side, uh, Matt said McLaurin is the best play on the Washington side. He's in play every week. Uh, matchup independent, but also especially in games where you can see a script uh, playing from ahead for Washington Gibson. Also a weekly play now. Um, I, and I do think script matters for him. I think uh, if we're, we're getting the Redskins or the football team, excuse me, as a 12-point dog, then, you know, those those are the kind of games that McKissick is more alive, I think. But uh, they're projected to win this game because, you know, the Giants. And I do <laughs> want to say completely unbiased, neutral third party. My God, did they get screwed on Monday. But uh, I guess in the long run, probably helps him. Well, it uh, definitely helped. It helped I'll, me as a guy who teased the Giants up to nineteen, and then ooh. took the uh, then took the Buccaneers uh, on the money line when they were down fourteen three. I cashed both ways, so they <laughs> that pass interference didn't bother me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and yeah, just uh, pivoting over to the Giants side of the ball. I'm not touching anyone except Evan Ingram. Uh, the volume is there. He's going to hit eventually. Uh, I don't know how much I'm going to play, but I definitely won't be without him this week. Yeah, he, he showed – what happened with Ingram is and he saw 10 targets pulled in five, and he caught that downfield fingertip uh, catch that if he would have done it just a few weeks earlier against the Eagles. Probably would have them possibly in a tie for first place in that sad division. But what division we saw – What we saw out of Ingram – is is what keeps us holding on, right? It's because all the talent is there. All the talent is there. It's just he doesn't always put it together. And in this game, we saw some of that. It's going to keep us coming back like it's going to keep TJ coming back this week. But, Matt, before we get out of here on this game, let's talk about the Giants wide receivers. Uh, all reasonably priced, Slayton at 5000 Shepard at 4800 Tate at um, going to get ignored this week because he yeah. didn't treat his teammates right. So let's not even talk about going Joe to Judge Tate. football. <laughs> so, but talk to me about Slayton and Shepard. Is it at the point now where it's going to be one or the other every other week? You're not quite sure and it's a dark throw? Or do you feel like Shepard has come back and taken control of this offense? Or, you know, as a Giants, as the resident Giants fan? Uh I think this is like the dime store version of Lockett and Metcalf and where I'm just never going to get it right. <laughs> Maybe dime store is even too expensive. Maybe like the penny store version. Yeah. Um, but you, you get what I mean. Like I, I think that there are going to be weeks uh, where <clears throat> either one of them are going to be 
uh, just heavily targeted, just going to see, you know, 10, 11 targets and, and DJ just like locks in on him. Uh, and I have no, um, no reason to believe that I can actually figure out which, uh, which way that's going to go. Um, since I have Slayton in my home league, I think that it will probably end up being Shepard quite a bit. Um, <laughs> but that's just my, uh, my, my jinx take on the matter. Uh, what about you, TJ? Do you, do you like either of those guys? Now he's all Ingram all the time. Yeah, and honestly, just if you had to watching, choose, if I had to choose watching these games the last couple of weeks, I think you have to lean to the Shepherd side, but it can be anyone yeah. at any time. Yeah. All right, guys, let's jump over to Houston and Jacksonville, where the if I'm correct in saying Houston has one win, right? So the one win, Houston Texans are on the road, favored by seven. In this game, now I understand Jacksonville is faking an injury to Minshew so they can start a rookie so they can officially start the tank because they've decided Minshew is the guy they're going to move on from. But uh, that's a lot of points for a team that's only won one game. And you know what? I think Houston's a lot better than that, actually. So they'll probably they'll probably end up covering it. But uh, listen, uh, we almost saw Will Fuller get moved to Green Bay this week, but Green Bay has decided against all costs – to get any wide receivers in there outside of Devontae Adams. They figured, what Adams could just get all the targets that three wide receivers would get, and we don't need to bring in another guy. But the, the wide receiver I want to talk about is Brandon Cooks because he's he's $1,300 cheaper than four. And in those last three games, he's seen targets of 12, 9, and 9. And he's been pretty solid since he put up that goose egg in week four. TJ, is Brandon Cooks trustworthy – Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not trustworthy. But uh, also, I mean, at this point, we with what the Jags are trying to do, I think Mike Glennon is actually too good. So let's think about that for a minute. So, yeah, you can't play Mike Glennon because you might win. You have a 2% chance of winning. So, yeah, I think we're just going to see an absolute steamrolling here for the rest of the year, and it probably it, starting this week and every week. And no, Cooks is not trustworthy, and I'm not even sure Fuller or anyone else on the passing side is. I want to say they are. Like, I want to like Watson, but oh, it feels gross. David Johnson's the best play on the Texans' side. Well, we what talked about – listen, oh, that's – no, no, I'll tell you where Matt's at. He he said he said last week David Johnson has a uh, or was it two weeks ago uh, a floor of of twelve or a ceiling of twelve or something along those. Basically, it's a pile of crap, right? And we've seen him even at his relatively good price in good matchups not not perform this year. So no, he has, he, he has a floor of eleven point two and a, a ceiling of twelve point two. There it is. He's got the old one point now he to steal at variance. He he did he did have a good game. Uh, Right before the right before the buy, right? He, I think he scored a touchdown, maybe. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I, I can't really imagine Jacksonville putting up much of a fight in this game, uh, just from like a you know sustaining drives perspective um, with whatever is going to be playing quarterback uh, for for the Jags. So um, I would imagine that we're going to see. A heavy dose of David Johnson down the stretch, and <clears throat> we haven't we haven't really seen like them have to 
like close out a, a game because they only have one win. Um, the the other win that they have was a you know sixteen point win against the Jaguars, uh, and he David Johnson almost hit the bonus uh, on like seventeen carries. So, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to just be like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to I don't want to play David Johnson because of my biases but I I will probably end up playing David Johnson because this is just like if it doesn't happen now I mean when the, when the hell is it gonna happen <laughs> I mean I just can't imagine a better spot right like uh yeah that the entire Jags defense front to back there is no strength you know there's nothing that they stop well uh, you imagine they're playing from behind and then just placing this entire workload on Jake Luton's shoulders, and it, it's just like too much of an ask. It might be worse than Danucci, honestly. Oh my God! I don't I, listen. We we will not have to talk Danucci this week, thank God. But I I don't know. I, I saw things that I never thought I'd see from an NFL, and I, I I I think it's too much or too nice of me to call him an NFL quarterback. That guy's not an NFL quarterback. He doesn't belong on, on a roster on a bench. He he doesn't belong bringing water out. Um. Listen, so tell me what this does then for a couple of targets or a couple of other players on the Jaguars that have been good this year, guys who have actually performed well. And what does this do to their values? Let's start with James Robinson, who comes in at $7,000 and put up you know, just a phenomenal game before their bye week, 34.7. But is this just a matter of, hey, we're going to stack the box now? And uh, and dare Luton to beat us. So Matt, does James Robinson just lose value week by week as we go forward? Yeah, I mean i I kind of wish uh, I kind of wish Bill O'Brien was still coaching uh, right now because I don't think he'd realize that he should just stack the box <laughs> and make and make Luton beat them. Um, but like, it's it's frustrating, right? Because Robinson has one of the most, or had at least one of the most valuable workloads among all the running backs. Uh, he, you know, he's he's seen uh, I think about thirty five percent of the Jaguars' opportunities. He is used pretty heavily uh, in the passing game. I think he's in the top ten in both targets and in carries this year. Um, but who the hell knows what that offense looks like, and if you know, is Luton going to end up giving him? Uh, I don't think I would be surprised with an eight-target game or a one-target game. So, what, like, you you really kind of have to uh, you have to hope for the best if you're playing Robinson. Um, but if his role so far has been is going to be any indication, and Luton checks down, then like he's a smash probably. <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to wait a week to see that. But yeah, TJ, what do you go ahead? But tell us what your feelings on the uh, Jacksonville side. No, Matt nailed it uh, with Robinson. You can see one target, you can see a target. But if you're playing him, you are essentially projecting that eight target game. Yeah, because you have essentially zero touchdown equity at this point, and now you're 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 completely playing him as a receiver in the running back position, uh, understanding that the game script is going to be what it is. And what, what's your take on Shark and uh, Chenault and even Cole, who's been decent this year? All really relatively recently priced, but I think at, at least a week we got to see if he has got any favors or where it goes from here. But even that, it could be week to week with, with a young quarterback like that. So you're just staring clear of all all receivers in Jacksonville. 
I mean, if you're if you're shooting a bullet, I, I still think Chark is the highest volume, so and the best player, and that's who I would play. But I mean, man, it's just so hard to do. I don't know. I'm gonna try and talk myself into doing something silly with uh, with Chark. I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. Gluton Chark stacks for the green this week, Matt. We are at the point where we need to pay some bills. <clears throat> All right, let's. Uh... We'll get right after it with uh, Indeed is back with us again. Uh, Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account whenever you feel like you need to, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. They have sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire than their competitors. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses so far. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means that uh, you will see more quality candidates finding your posting fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. If you go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire, you'll get access to that great deal. Terms and conditions apply, and the offer is valid through December 31st. Uh, and that is that is it. We'll uh, we'll talk about Bet Online uh, on our way out later. All right, very good. Let's uh, we'll have to get rolling into these games so Matt does not freak out when we hit that hour and ten minute mark. Uh, let's get right into Baltimore and Indianapolis with a total of forty six. Guys, don't look now, but Lamar Jackson for the first time is under seven thousand dollars this week. He comes in at sixty nine hundred dollars, and on top of that, Mark Andrews who had been over 6,000 all year and fell to 58 last week, comes in below 5,000 this week. So we got the possibility of a Jackson Andrews stack at the cheapest you're ever going to see it. Does that get you excited or do you just feel like it's things are just not right in Baltimore right now, TJ? Things aren't right in Baltimore and this is, just, I mean, this, this isn't what a seventeen ten game. Uh, there's very few, very little I want out of this game outside of the defenses. I mean, I already mentioned Trey Burton earlier. He's just he's going to be a screaming value with ceiling every week until they move his price. But on the Baltimore side of the ball, I just cannot project anyone that I want to play. Uh, there's not an individual matchup. There, I don't think there's a game script I want to attack here. Uh, this is just an absolutely gross game. Uh, why am I wrong, Matt? You are not. You are not even remotely wrong. I didn't even. I'm not even writing this game up. I have no interest uh, in this game under pretty much any circumstance. And then you throw on top like all the. Uh, I believe there's some some COVID questions uh, about this game as well, and I just I really just think this is going to go way under and has uh, has no no real fantasy goodness for me, unless you want to go Bra- Marquise Brown squeaky wheel. Uh, that's the, that's the, that's the one narrative, but other than that, I have no interest. You know, it, 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 
occurred to me about that when the tweet first went out. His uh, disgruntled tweet that he quickly deleted. Uh, it's amazing how these guys will quickly delete tweets. So, yeah, I mean, over on over on the Colts side, we'll move through this quickly. Uh, T.Y. Hilton has been underperforming all year and then leaves with a groin injury. Uh, so, you know, you're throwing a pit me, you're throwing a Pascal, probably not. The running backs, Jonathan Taylor had a, this surprise ankle injury that nobody knew about going to the game. Um, and all of a sudden, Jordan Wilkins. Lights it, yeah. Jordan Wilkins lights it up, and guess what? Jordan Wilkins was limited with a groin injury on Wednesday. So you probably want to avoid both sides of this game altogether, like both of you guys have already pointed out. It's going to be a low total. Look at the defenses, and uh, with the with the Pittsburgh Steelers priced up at forty nine hundred dollars, the most ever on any slate in DraftKings history. Here, maybe you can find a little bit cheaper options here in this game. So let's quickly move to Carolina. And Kansas City, as we hit on earlier, this is a total of fifty-three. By the way, so, let me stop you. I'm sorry. Oh, anytime. I, I I had to go. I didn't realize Andrews is down at forty-eight hundred. I think I overlooked that initially. I mean, that's that's a price worth playing. I don't care. He still uh, can see a little slight volume uptick. The individual matchup is fine. Uh, the tight end ranking for Andy is very good, but the individual matchup is advantage Andrews. Uh, He's perfectly fine there. Sorry, carry on, buddy. No, not not a problem at all. Uh, yeah, it's it's startling the prices that you could get right now in in Baltimore. But um, Andrews is probably the one guy because you, you, you can't rely on the running backs on that side of the ball either. We didn't touch on the fact that Dobbins, Dobbins, by the way, has the best yards per carry out of uh, any player eligible, I believe, <laughs> in the NFL this year. And maybe we start to see a better volume going forward. I don't think this will be the week that I would get him in the lineups, but Dobbins. Could be a really nice second half of the year play. All right, so we talked. We touched on Matt's stacking of the Chiefs earlier this week. They play Carolina. I, I'm not going to come out and say, "Hey, don't play these guys this week." But I, I think we lean heavier to the run this week, as we've said many times. When you're playing Carolina, you want to get your running backs in there. So before we touch on Christian McCaffrey coming back this year, Matt uh, Bell flopped in his revenge game against the Jets with seven yards. On six carries, he did manage 31 receiving yards on three receptions. But um, do you see a much different picture this week with him and Clyde edwards Hilaire, Or do you think that it's just going to be, hey, Bell's here's insurance and this offense is going to run the way it's been all year? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it gets to uh, maybe it gets to a point where um, what do you end up with, like nine opportunities last week, Bell? Maybe he, you know, pushes up to like the like 12, 13 opportunities range. I don't think that he, uh, you know, flips the flips the depth chart and and ends up, you know, being the guy at any point. Um, but I think I just think it's enough that it's kind of hard to to bank on on uh, Elair uh, for. <laughs> <laughs> for for sixty one hundred, um, you know he'll he'll be reasonably reasonably low owned, and I think that you can you could probably say you know if uh, if he figures out a way to score multiple touchdowns, like he's probably in a lot of the optimal lineups. But I don't really feel like banking on that personally. Um, what about you, TJ? How are you? How are you attacking the the backfield here? Not at all. <laughs> I- I, I don't know. This is so hard. Uh, you know, we're looking at last week. It's like, okay, Bell busted. Uh, you know, it, like you said, nine opportunities. Well, 
CEH had exactly the same. Yeah. So uh, I actually. That game was look. so damn weird, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, what do you do here? I, I mean, this really is a puzzle the Chiefs are. And I think no matter who gets touches, they do something with them this week. Uh, it could be both, could be neither. Uh, the price on CH is still a little bit prohibitive. I don't know, man. Uh, I think if I'm playing it back in this game, I'm paying up for McCaffrey. Yeah, well, all right, let's go. Before we get to the uh, the Kansas City, the rest of the players in Kansas sorry. City, let's just – no, don't be sorry at all. This is our show, fellas, our show. You lead it any way you want it to go. But let's get over to Christian McCaffrey. $8,500 uh, back off this week. TJ, since you brought him up, do we see a full workload right away? I mean, he looked good in practice on Wednesday. Those are the reports. Cutting fine. I think he probably could have played last week, and they held him out that extra week, which was, since they played on Thursday, a little bit longer. I I really think that he's primed to come back and carry the load. But do you think that they don't see it that way? And Mike Davis, who's priced at $6,700 as a backup this week, is it going to be both of them like 70-30 or are we going 90-plus percentage for McCaffrey week one? I'm not sure we see that typical 95-5 or 90-10 that we get out of a CMC workload, but I still think it's a 75-25-80-20 neighborhood. And especially in what we're going to see in this game, there's going to be scoring pace. It's going to be huge. Uh, I absolutely think that's more than enough to – Get this 8,500 Christian McCaffrey in your lineup with Dalvin Cook, and we will find ways. We will make it happen. <laughs> Listen, $17,000, you got your two running backs, and away we go. <laughs> so let's – you can make it work. Well, two years ago, that cost uh, that cost twenty one. So Yeah, I mean, this easy. Is- Listen, listen. We'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to Deontay Johnson and this five thousand dollar price tag. So you're gonna fit nicely in there this week. TJ, pick your head up. We're gonna get there. <laughs> Matt, Matt, on the Carolina side with the uh, with the wide receivers, Robbie Anderson as he's been slowing over the last three weeks. <laughs> TJ Moore, they put out a you know an all points bulletin last week for him because he didn't touch a ball until late in the fourth quarter. People were tilting everywhere but he drops back down to fifty six hundred dollars this week which is another nice price on dj moore we saw him have the blow-up game just two weeks ago and listen i want to tell everybody i grabbed curtis samuel in some leagues early in the year thinking he's going to get some run now that christian mccaffrey was out and they finally started using him the last two weeks in the backfield he had two rushing touchdowns last week we see him have just a really big game He's going back to obscurity now that Christian McCaffrey is back. But is there a wide receiver out of one of those three, Matt, that you would pop into a lineup this week? I mean, if uh, if the grass is green, I'm going to have a DJ Moore lineup. I uh, I just can't I just can't not. Um, we you know I I said it a couple weeks ago before that game. I said that uh, that Saints game could be. Uh, one of the when we look back on the year, one of the highest scoring games uh, that he has on the season, and I was hoping it would it would come a little easier than needing to score two touchdowns. But uh, he he did get there on five targets. But I mean, it's kind of I don't know. I mean, like I don't really like. I probably will end up there, and the the price is decent, but I don't feel like supremely confident. Uh, both 
choosing one over the other and just playing either of them. And I'm not even like considering like Curtis Samuel in this conversation um, more and more and Anderson. Like I, I don't really have too strong of a preference other than they'll probably see the same about the same ownership and DJ Moore's cheaper. So more gets the nod for, for those reasons. Uh, TJ back over on the Kansas city side. I mean, listen, Tyreek Hill is who he is and uh, he's priced up there at 7,100 and Kelsey is who he is. We know that those are the first two targets in his offense. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, listen, uh, they, they tease us with this McCole Hardman. They tease us because every time that they give him volume, every time they, they target him, nine targets, seven catches, 96 yards on the touchdown. We see just how special this guy can actually be. At $4,800, TJ, this is very similar to my Brandon Cooks question because I see them as similar type of players, right? They, If they get the volume and the targets, they have this ability to blow up. But are you feeling like it's time to trust Hardman or you got to see it more consistently? Well, trust is a big word. Uh, That's what she no, said. I absolutely don't trust. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I absolutely don't trust him, but I'm still going to play some this week, and I'm also <laughs> going to play some Tyreek, and I'm also going to play some – Damn Demarcus Robinson. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, Matt, Matt was a week ahead of me, and I was kind of silly about it. Uh, every pass catcher on the Chiefs is in play every single week. And if just balking at that, no matter the matchup, no matter the game, even the Jets, even the damn Jets, uh, it's bad process, and that's totally on me, and Matt nailed it. Well, I was right there with you. I, I was I was definitely in your corner of not playing any of them last week. So with that said, if if they're all in play, then there will be some Byron Pringle in my lineups this week. That is a joke. <laughs> if you're listening to this show, that is a joke. But with shout that out said, to uh, real quick shout out to Hassan over at Rotovis. He's a he's a big Pringle guy. Yeah, with that said, he's going to score this week. You know he's going to score <laughs> this week. Take him for a, a scoring prop this week, Byron Pringle. Uh, guys, let's jump over to the Denver Broncos and the Atlanta Falcons. And coming out of that Thursday night game, Atlanta, who played Carolina, we had all the makings for them to lose that game late again. It was there. It was happening. But I think the key for Atlanta is play on Thursday night because they only seem to blow those leads on Sunday. So they were playing on Thursday, and I think Teddy Bridgewater kind of gave it gave it away. He, it, that yeah. was not a good game by Teddy Bridgewater. But nonetheless, the Falcons did not blow that game late, and they have two wins since firing TJ's former favorite coach in the NFL. Guys, Julio is uh, Julio at seventy two hundred dollars appears to be back as the stud dog in this offense, and Calvin Ridley is a little banged up. He's dealing with a foot issue. He did not practice. On Wednesday, Russell Gage, who's the other guy we've seen get some play in that offense, he has both shoulder and knee injuries. Um, so Julio and Hurst, Hurst on only $4,100. I know, I know. Trey Burton, he's my guy too. I know. But I got to bring him up because Hurst is in this game. Do we see a, an uptick for Hurst, and is it just to throw Julio in at 7200 because he's back to being consistent? Either one of you guys. I didn't. I, I, didn't I think it's Hurst week. Personally, I'm. I. Uh, it, you know, I. I guess maybe three weeks ago, the Vikings game, he didn't see uh, six or more targets. But for the last five weeks, uh, he has it. It seems like Ryan is, uh, you know, sort of 
growing this rapport with him. Um, and I mean, if he's going to see six, seven targets at 4,100, I think that's, that's pretty hard to argue with. Like, obviously you also want to play Julio. <laughs> like, hopefully if you're listening to this, that goes without saying, um, but yeah, no, I think, I think Hurst is, uh, is going to find his way into a few of my lineups, uh, this week. What about, what about you, TJ? You know, I think Hurst is my favorite play on the Atlanta side of the ball, but he's not my favorite tight end player in this game. So <laughs> I, I I truly had one player from this game written down that I wanted to play, and that was Noah Fant. I, I, I think Hurst is the best play on Atlanta. Uh, I think we're asking a little too much paying up for Julio uh, where he is now. If Ridley is ruled out, I think Blake is interesting. He seems to be the direct backup to Ridley, much like Zacchaeus was to Julio. And, But I do think Ridley and Gage both play, so maybe both banged up. Like you said, Hayden Hurst, that's a play on the Atlanta side. Um, but I just, for some reason, don't love this game, despite the fact that it is a Falcons game. Yeah, I listen because it's uh, and I thought for sure you're talking about Okawukabukanum, whatever the heck that guy's name is at tight end, and that's a joke. I knew you meant Fant, but I just like trying to say that guy's name. Uh, oh, quite uh, Yeah, sure. What he's got, bless you. Um, what, listen, there's a lot of cheap options at wide receiver over on the Denver side, right? But you just don't want to play any of them. It's just the offense. Uh, pretty much, I guess, runs through these running backs and that tight end right now. And I got to be honest with you, they're priced around the same price, 5300 5200 But uh, Lindsey looks better when he touches the ball. He's doing more with less. He's had really big runs. He looks spry. Um, he's he's still questionable. I think that they're, they're just going easy because he was coming back off of a little bit of a concussion. But uh, with Fant being your favorite play on a favorite tight end play, what do you feel it's TJ on the on the running backs? Do you want to play either one of these guys? Reasonably priced against the 25th ranked running back defense, 5,300-5,200. Yeah, when both of them are playing, I don't want to play either. I mean, it, it, it's as simple as that. And even if it's just a super sweet matchup, uh, I'm just out on it. And it, I'll go back to the tight ends just – ask you both a question. Uh, is Hayden Hurst capable of a 25-point game? I would say he's going to need two touchdowns to get there, right? Sure, so sure, there's right. a lot to go around that on offense, and we know that Gurley somehow finds a way into the end zone every week, no matter how bad he looks. <laughs> so he's getting at least one of them, and uh, one will go to the, the wide receiver. So uh, he's capable of it. My, my, my belief in it being likely is not there. What about you, Matt? Right. Yeah, I mean, now go ahead, TJ. Oh, no, I was just saying, I, I think that 15 to 20 range is perfectly reasonable. I think uh, even with a touchdown, you know, maybe getting a 20, but that 25, like, I think that's where I'm seeing a difference where you get that big game out of fan. Like, he can break an 80-yard play. You know, he needs an A dot of zero to go 80 yards. That's, I guess that's why I'm just going to fan, knowing the volume. But uh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, man. 
No, I was just going to say it, it is interesting when you when you think of these like highly targeted tight ends, you would expect there to be a significant chunk of that coming in the red zone. And it that just hasn't been the case uh, with Hurst. I think he only has either three or four uh, red zone targets on the year. And even like just looking at red zone targets probably isn't that valuable. You'd really want to go like inside the 10. So at most, you're talking about three or four of those targets all year. So um, I, I definitely, I definitely get that, that argument against him for sure. Just real quick. And we can move on to the next game. Um, I will have one lineup with Judy, uh, 4,700. He had 10 targets last week. Uh, like I think 160 something air yards. Um, it seems like they're, uh, they're trying to sort of prioritize him. So I would like to be, uh, a week early on that rather than a week late. So I will play one lineup with him. Yeah, and reasonably priced, so I, I could totally understand it, getting him in there. Maddie is always early to the game. All right, let's head over to the you, probably- Usually very wrong, but every <laughs> once in a while it works out. I was trying to build you up, buddy. <laughs> let's move over to the game that probably excites people the most on this slate, and that is the Seattle Seahawks and the Buffalo Bills with a 55-point total. It's a two-point game or 2.5-point spread in this game. Listen, let's address the quarterbacks. Um, Josh Allen has not been good in three weeks, but at $7,000, price below some of the, the higher price guys on this slate, he's going against what has been the worst quarterback defense in fantasy this year. And on the other side, we have Russell Wilson, priced above him at 7600 who is also in a smash spot. So, TJ, are you just making lineups with both of these guys and – do you prefer one over the other this week? Man, I it's difficult for me because I'm unsure. I never know if I can trust the Seattle defense to truly be at their worst if they're not at home, which is super weird lately. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's actually been the case. And uh, every player with any significant volume on both passing games are absolutely smash plays this week. Obviously – playing any real stacks in this game is going to disqualify from playing those high-priced running backs we were talking about uh, that I like. I, I feel like I'm a little – I like McCaffrey a little bit more than the two of you, but uh, I think we're all in accord that Dalvin Cook is a guy you still want to play. And now if you start making these rough stacks or these Allen stacks, especially if you're using digs, then it, it, it becomes prohibited the running back position. So that's going to be a question we have to ask ourselves when we're building – uh, come Thursday, come Sunday, whenever. But, yeah, I, I don't want any running backs in this game. I just want uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I think that's it. Yeah, Diggs is priced all the way up at $7,400. But, um, man, Gabriel Davis looks so nice if John Brown doesn't play and John Brown is not <laughs> practicing again. So at $3,200, uh, Gabriel Davis looks really nice over there. And Beasley at 5200 Beasley's been consistent. He's been that's the consistent. one, man. That's the one that you could know? absolutely smash her again. Yep. So, uh, and I say this to you, TJ, and uh, then I'll get Matt's opinion on it. If if Chris Carson, who's going to be evaluated on Friday, doesn't play, DJ Dallas played the Chris Carson role last week when it comes to volume, and he got so he got 18 carries, five targets, and he saw a touchdown, both receiving and rushing. So at five thousand dollars, I don't mind stacking him in a couple of those lineups as a cheap option to get one of those other guys in there. Matt, what is your feelings 
on this entire game, this beautiful, glorious game. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I feel like it's it's just the usual suspects. Like I I don't really I think you guys pretty much hit everything. Like there's not there's not a ton that I want to play. Like I I'm not gonna play DJ Dallas. Uh, I I think that there's there's a real uh you know there's an alternate universe where he doesn't score either of those touchdowns and we're like making jokes about his <laughs> inefficiency um and you know it is what it is like what what we we do that in both directions with a lot of plays every single week um but I just feel like I it's one of those like if he beats me, he beats me sort of deals for me. Uh, again, just because of I'm not really playing a ton of lineups, so um, I prefer I prefer Metcalf again this week over Lockett, and I, I don't really have many many other strong takes. Like I want to find a way to play Digs, but I don't know how I get there uh, with everything else that I want to play. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm at right now. Metcalf a full thousand dollars more than Lockett this week, though. So if you're looking to save a little bit of money, right, you maybe maybe a pivot to uh, to Lockett. One one thing note on the Seahawks running backs with TJ Dallas. Uh, I know Carson isn't even scheduled to practice till Friday, but he is expected to, and because of that, I expect him to play. So I think that in and of itself takes Dallas out of play. Yeah, and I think you're probably right about that. I think Carson would have probably pushed to play last week. He seems to be one. Tough son of a bitch. He wants to play this year regardless, and he's been low-key, one of the best running backs in the NFL this year. If he's on the field, he's been money weekly. So He's got to get it done before Penny gets back. That's all. <laughs> we will cross that bridge when it comes to us. Let's let's head over to the late games, and we have to round this out. Uh, we're going to go up against the clock here with 10 minutes, 10 minutes to get three games in. The Las Vegas Raiders <laughs> at the Los Angeles Chargers with a total – of 53 and guys um, as as a Raiders fan I have to ask you one simple question is it ever Derek Carr time ever well, uh, it is this week 5700 that's week. why I'm asking because it's a right it's a nice price against the a bad uh pass defense so no, I, um I absolutely like Carr except here's where I struggle I don't know who the hell to stack them with. Yeah. How do you figure out these pass catchers on uh, on Oak or Oakland, Las Vegas? Got it. I'm saying Redskins and Oakland and everything today. <laughs> it's a, listen. If you want to go back to 2019, I can't blame you. Can we all? Let's <laughs> all go that together. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because Waller is the guy you probably want to do. But at 5,800 dollars, we've spoken at nauseum about the the really reasonably priced tight ends on this slate that you would just shift to and 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 rugs as as tempting as he is he's you know he's a boomer bust play we know that Aguilar is been a boomer bust guy his entire career and he had a couple of nice weeks there and everybody got excited so yeah i i agree with you i don't i don't know who it is so maybe you just play Derek carr and uh, josh jacobs who got 31 carries last week matt what do you feel about the raiders offense i mean it yeah i tj said it like it, I guess in theory you would want to uh, you would want to attack this defense, and I have no interest in really uh, combining any of these guys and really feeling like I'm 
like accessing this crazy ceiling like the it's cheap like cars cheap enough that you probably if you're making good decisions throughout the rest of your lineup you're you're raising the the ceiling of your lineup in general but i don't think that um i don't think i feel confident about the ceiling of the stack necessarily uh with who i would who i would want to pick like i guess it's waller like because <laughs> who the hell knows with the wide receivers like each of them could go you know two targets zero receptions and i don't think anyone would be terribly shocked so uh yeah it, it's just kind of like i think right. renfro is my favorite which is scary <laughs> it's true well listen you talk about the most reliable guy he's definitely got the most reliable hands on that team so all right let's jump over to the Chargers side herbert four straight games of three plus touchdowns. He had uh one with four touchdowns in there and the kid has just stepped right in and, and played unbelievable and continues to have the crazy volume uh, target volume with, with Keenan Allen, another 11 last week. And those are two guys. I don't think you could ever go wrong stacking uh, on a weekly basis. Um, well, let's touch on our running backs real quick, because this is a good matchup for running backs against Vegas every week. And there's been a lot of, Excitement over Traymon Pope at four thousand dollars, ten carries, seven targets, five catches, five catches rather. Uh, but he, he's in concussion protocol right now, and I think that what we missed with him looking good was the fact that Justin Jackson actually had seventeen carries for eighty-nine yards and saw five targets of his own, which he turned into three for fifty-three. So uh, I think Josh Kelly is an afterthought at this point uh, with Pope showing up, but. Um, uh, TJ, are you going to uh, you're going to get Justin Jackson in any lineups, or is it just still not something you could trust? Uh, they obviously don't like their backs right now. When Troy Mayne Pope starts getting huge work, <laughs> uh, ten carries, seven targets, he turned that into what thirteen uh, DK or something like that. So, you know, he he absolutely was not effective with those opportunities. Uh, Justin Jackson now gets some volume, but I, what did Josh Kelly have? Eight touches as well. Yes, he so, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the running back situation there. I mean, it, it is absolutely completely one to avoid, despite uh, the game setup being one where a running back could hit. I just don't believe that one guy is going to get fed enough to actually make a difference as far as DraftKings tournament lineups go. Are you on any uh, Charger running back, Matt? No, I mean i i was I was just looking. I knew Josh Kelly only had one target, but he caught it for minus seven oh, yards, yes. which is just like completely absurd. <laughs> um, yeah, no, i i I have no interest. Like again, this is this is one of those spots where I'm just like if. If one of them scores two touchdowns and ends up breaking the slate, then I'm like perfectly okay, uh, you know, donating that week. I, I just like, I, I I can't be bothered to try and get this situation right when there doesn't seem to be a ceiling, like you said. All right, well let's let's just get out of this game. Get on to Pittsburgh Dallas, which is an all time classic. Wait, 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 wait. There is oh, a ceiling I'm in so the game, sorry. just not at running back. <laughs> it's just not at running back. We didn't talk about Keenan Allen, who I mean. With that target load, there's I guess there's a ceiling every week. I mean, I'm just oh yeah, no, I just meant that. the running backs. Yeah, we were on running backs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 
yeah. I mentioned that you would stay, you know, that that it's a nice stack every week with Herbert and and and, uh, and Keenan Allen. Uh, but yeah, if you want to expand on it, by all means, TJ. All right. We we saw last week that uh, Mike Williams can and will be involved. He can smash, and he's still very, very reasonably priced, and he's got another spot where he could do the exact same thing. Uh, I believe 2K less than Keenan Allen. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, when, when you're attacking tournaments, I think Mike Williams is a better play, but obviously Keenan's going to be the safer one. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I think – uh, I think Mike Williams probably sees like a, a fifth of the ownership of of Keenan Allen, so like your your leverage is all right there. Um, and obviously, uh, Keenan's floor is significantly higher, but I think you could see a situation where like their absolute best outcome, like ceiling game, is probably pretty close between the two of them. So I'm fine. Mixing and matching. I played. Uh, I played Keenan Allen probably in. I played eight lineups last week. I think I played him in six, and I played Williams in the other two. Um, I didn't put them together, which <laughs> may have been bad process on my part if I was that high on them. But um, yeah, I, I think you could play either of them pretty confidently moving forward. All right, on on to the uh, the all time classic NFL matchup of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Dallas Cowboys, but we see two teams in complete opposite directions. We don't have the Jets on the slate this week, and thank God, because we see the Dallas Cowboys have a 13.75 implied team total, which is just horrendous, especially for an offense that when healthy with Dak at the beginning of the year was putting up you know 30 to 40 points a game. It's amazing how they have crashed down to earth. So the total in this game is only at 41 with Pittsburgh expected to do all the work. I'll say this as of Wednesday, we don't know if it's going to be Cooper rush or Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. And for me, that means I am not playing a single Dallas Cowboy, not one, not Emmett Smith who plays like he doesn't give a shit right now at all. Even when he is out there for all the money that that guy's making a, a, a season, to not just take the control of the game and go out there and do something. He looks like he could care less. Pollard looks better every time he touches the ball. So I don't want to talk about the Dallas side unless you guys want to fight me on it. So let's just go over to Pittsburgh where it's every other week. Claypool, Deontay, Claypool, Deontay. And this week, Deontay drops below Claypool in price by $700. And TJ, I know at $5,000, he's in every lineup. If you do 150, I know he's going to be in 151 of them this week. Am I wrong or am I right? I don't know what to do, man. I don't know how many times I can touch a hot pan here. You know, <laughs> what, what body like, uh, part is it going to be? I mean, can you just wait till the fourth quarter this week? You know, <laughs> that, that's all. But if you yeah. can just get ruled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just take a week off, man. Get right, and then we'll just come right back to it. That'll be great. But uh, I like. Okay. Oh, no, I was just gonna say I don't play any NBA DFS, but I imagine it's a lot like playing uh, Anthony Davis on a regular basis. <laughs> well, it, it's basically playing five K Anthony Davis that no one else played. <laughs> that, that's how maddening it is. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and even in a blowout script, man, I mean, Pittsburgh, uh, despite their 
reputation for the hard nose, this, that, whatever. I mean, they're a passing team. They're going to throw. I mean, they're going to throw for three quarters, even if they're up 40. So I, I, I'm completely going to go back to Deontay. And, I mean, just pray for me, you guys. I, 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 need, <laughs> I need all the T's and P's and the TP. I'll be, I'll be there with you. Listen, I, I've been there with you. Every time he's gotten hurt this year, I've been, been there with you on Deontay. So I've been feeling your pain. I'll probably have some Claypool as well and and no Juju, Matt. Um, but I, I left Connor off of my my list because I agree with TJ. This is a passing team. And Connor has had good games this year, but I just don't think that the offense runs through him like how a traditional Steelers offense in the past has had, you know, leaned heavily on a running back. I don't see it this year, Matt. So before we move on to the final game, anything you want to add on Pittsburgh? I mean, I'm going to have a lot of Connor. Okay. I can't, I mean, um, listen, I can't argue it. I, yeah, I, I definitely, I, I agree with, with all that, all that you're saying. I just think this could turn out to, to be, you know, a, a three touchdown game. And if he sees, you know, his 18 to 20, carries and he sees his three to five targets um i think that that's that's something that um i'm pretty interested in 6900 he's gonna be he's it actually my my first run of of ownership here looks like he's gonna be a little higher owned than i had hoped for because of all the jacksonville stuff like robinson in theory should be high owned if gardner's still playing and then that holds connor's ownership down which would have helped a lot but um I think I'm still going to be uh, overweight on on Connor between my lineups. Yeah, I also like uh, Benny Snell. I mean, Connor, like you said. <laughs> <laughs> Snell did score each of the last two weeks, and if we do get that blowout script, uh, it, there probably is some level of equity uh, for late-game Benny Snell at 4K. Um, I'm in the, uh, yeah, so- I, I mean, I, I agree with Connor. That Dallas team is just going to get smoked. I mean, at every yeah. level. And I mean, if the defense doesn't take the turnovers into the end zone, there's just yeah. mounds and oodles of touchdown equity for the entire team. So. Yeah, some somebody on the Steelers is going to score two plus touchdowns. It's just a matter of if you get it right or not. <laughs> it might be the defense, but somebody is. Maybe it's uh, is that Quentin Williams? Quentin Williams who got traded from the Jets over there. Maybe it'll be him this week. You know, like welcome to the welcome to the show, guys. Let's try to wrap it up with Miami and Arizona with a forty-eight-five implied total. We'll get to all the usual suspects on the Arizona side, but I think that there's some sneaky plays to be had on Miami this week because of how reasonably priced they are. Now Gaskins is not going to play. Breda is not practicing. They traded for DeAndre Washington, who's not eligible to be used on DraftKings because he was traded after the prices came out. And I probably don't, I probably don't expect to see Jordan Howard have much use in this game. So I think that two is going to get his first chance against a defense that gives up a ton of defensive plays to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. I don't, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to have turnovers, but I like what that means for Devontae Parker in this game. Uh, they moved Isaiah Ford to the New England Patriots. So it's Williams and Parker for me at 5,200 and 4,100. Um, are they sneaky, Matt, or am I just an idiot? No, they're definitely sneaky. I mean, they're definitely going to be low-owned, um, whether that's whether that's for a good reason or not <laughs> is, I guess, the, the better question. 
You can call me. Our an answer idiot. is both, Sal. Both. Uh, I resemble that remark. Um. Yeah. I mean. That that's about the that's about the energy level that I can muster up for for playing them right now. Like, why the hell do they have to bench Fitzpatrick? Like, this would have been such a fun game uh, if Fitzpatrick was still there. But it's uh, yeah. What did Tua throw like nineteen or twenty times or something last? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Like, it, it, you're you're just banking on touchdowns, and they're cheap enough where maybe one of them pays off. But I don't feel like I'm going out of my way to get. Uh, exposure to, to that offense at the moment. What about you, TJ? Man, um, I don't I don't want to talk about Miami. I want to talk about Arizona. <laughs> Let's <laughs> get there. Honestly, go. get on him. I think we can see I think we can see Tua Tua is I don't know if he was daring headlights or what exactly happened here, but just not quite ready. And I'm not ready to trust anyone attached to him here. Uh especially with this unknown running back disaster. But uh isn't Nuke running like a hundred percent of his routes on the left side? I mean, I I believe he's just always lining up on the left side. And I know we haven't really talked about this, but uh, that would put him against Byron Jones and avoid Howard for every single snap, essentially. And with that matchup, eighty two hundred seems incredibly cheap. So I I, I think uh, if he's back and healthy. He could be an absolute smash. Uh, Kirk would be the one getting the bad matchup in that case. Yeah, and Kirk might be a guy people will jump on because he's had touchdown two touchdowns in each of the last two games. So uh, you know that might it might take some of the ownership away from from Nuke in this matchup, which. You know, you hope you hope that people make that play. But let me ask you about Chase Edmonds. Are we all in on Chase Edmonds at sixty eight hundred dollars, getting a full workload, or is this something, Matt? You're you're waiting on it's uh, it's sixty eight hundred dollars ain't cheap compared to some of the other guys that you could get at that price. So, uh, are you in on Chase Edmonds? Um, probably. Like I think. I think you have to uh, you have to do a lot of gross things to get Cook, uh, McCaffrey, um, and like another expensive piece into your cash lineup. Um, so picking one of Cook and McCaffrey and dropping down to Edmonds, I think, is going to be pretty popular um, as you know your whatever quote unquote like RB two spot. Uh, I think I will probably be playing him in cash um, more more probably as like a block than anything else because I really do think his ownership is just going to keep going up and up and up. Um, I'm not like overly excited to pay $6,800 for him though, and I may talk myself out of it at some point. Okay, you mentioned Connor earlier. Oh, you mentioned Connor earlier. I think I like Connor better as a play this week. Yeah. So, you know, and I believe even with a little bit elevated projected ownership, uh, you're going to get some leverage there against Edmonds, right? Yeah, for sure. That's a good point. Last thing on this game, and then we're going to close out the show. Kyle Murray comes in as the second highest quarterback on this slate. He has been great for fantasy points. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. 
all have better matchups and are all cheaper. But just because the offense basically runs through him and a, and a rushing possibility, are we sticking with Kyle Murray in this game? I mean, TJ, you're going to make a lot of lineups, so I'm sure you'll have a little bit of all those guys. But uh, do you prefer him over them, or would you just rather roll with some other guys? No, I don't prefer him over them. I think it's – honestly, I think it's something of a foregone conclusion. One of the quarterbacks in the Buffalo-Seattle game outscores him uh, for cheaper. So I, I'm just going to be way ahead on those two guys. Okay, very good. All right, guys, once again, this was the RotoViz on the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at on the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito, FFN, Matt Jones, TFRN, at TJ Calkins as well. Uh, guys, it's uh, always good to have fantasy football, to have daily fantasy football, to have gambling, to have these things to keep us busy and to take our minds off of other things. We know that it is a, a crazy time in this world for so many reasons. And uh, I just want to shout out to, to you two guys. I, I love coming to do the show with you guys each week, and I'm happy uh, that we get to do this. So uh, with that said, we will see you guys in a week, and we hope to have helped you get into the green. Before we wrap up the show, I just want to tell you guys about our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win. You can bet on game spreads, totals, team, player, coaching props. Uh, they even have kicker props if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering with on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. So head over to Bet Online today to take advantage of their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.